Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jimmy and Brienne. I am Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen post on Tumblr, joined with Guile. Hi, I'm Guile. I tweet at Door Podcast. And Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am at the Chikrin on Twitter. We also have Kama. Hi, I'm Kama, and I'm the hyphen real hyphen comma splice on Tumblr. And Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. All right, all right. Thank you all for joining. We are continuing our read of our favorite chapters. And I'm positive this one was one of mine. This is uh, (laughs) A Feast for Crows, Elaine 2. I was right, right? It was mine, right? I think so. (laughs) I'm pretty positive. No, I'm pretty sure it was. I think this was mine. I hate this game. (laughs) (laughs) All right. No, it wasn't one of mine. I, I, I know this one is fine. Okay, anyway. Okay, <laughs> Elaine has been called to coax Sweet Robin from his bed. Um, it's the day they are set to descend from the Eyrie, and Sweet Robin isn't having it. He's protesting, hurling his chamber pots at his maester. Sansa tries tempting him out with promises of a sponge bath, stories, bread, warm cloth on his brow. You know, she's being very tender with him. And Robin is pretty adamant that he will not be getting on a mule. He calls them awful biting creatures and his head hurts as well. Um, He's getting promises of hundreds upon hundreds of lemon cakes and that seems to do the trick. Finally, he agrees to come out of bed. He plants a little boy kiss on Sansa and then Sansa reminisces about her kiss with the hound. Which never actually happened. So that's always interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my question is always, is it really unreliable narrator or is it George forgot that he did uh, actually a kiss? <laughs> I've never been 100% sure on that one. Well, doesn't no matter what he says. Doesn't Sandor, um, you know, he talked, Sandor talks about that moment with Arya. And it, it's like Sandor's not really in a position where you think he's lying. Like, he wouldn't, you know, if something had happened, I feel like he would have, like, embellished it to Arya to, like, piss her off even mm. more. Oh, I mean, there wasn't a kiss. Like, we saw it in the narrative. But, like, uh, just <laughs> my thing is, did George forget that he didn't oh, actually okay. have them kissed? Or in one, did he write an earlier draft where they did kiss and then he took it out? I mean, he probably should have had them kiss, right? Like, it probably, really works yeah. really well. I'm relatively convinced that he thought he did have them kiss. <laughs> wow. Those poor sand sand shippers, like they just really get they just screwed. can't get a break. They really. <laughs> so. And I feel like poor Robin too. Like, oh. I mean, it's just. Oh. I mean, again, like you kind of have to love George's characters in that he has another character who. You know, you can feel sorry for Robin, but you also can't possibly really like him. Like oh. he is kind of like a little shit. You know, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's tough because, like, reading it, especially, he's you know, the show kind of aged him up, but he's so young in the books. I mean, what is he like, eight here, maybe nine? He's, yeah. he's even young for his age. I yeah. mean, this kid is not 
develop. And he's sicker. And here's the thing. He's sicker. Also, um, kids with epilepsy, it can cause, it sounds like the amount of seizures he's having, it causes um, developmental um, uh-huh. delays. And just imagine that every time he's having what they call shaking fits, you're wiped out for potentially, it could be potentially three days. You don't just bounce back. You have oh. significant headaches. You feel like you're hit by a Mack truck. So he's, the migraines are also part of the seizures. So it's sad. Oh. It's like really horrible. Like it's, it's doing other kinds of damage to him. Oh, yes. Too. It's it not does, just. Yeah, it's, it does brain damage over time. Well, and the treatments aren't how, yeah. you know, the treatments are damaging oh, him. And oh, I mean, yeah. emotionally, yeah, it affects you know, your mood. Well, and two, I think, you know, who cares? Like, who actually cares about him? Like, it looks like that Maester cares about him. And, you know, Sansa kind of does. Don't you because she's, Maya yeah. she's pretty does. compassionate. I thought Maya She's She's just yeah. a nice person. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean care is like, a strong word, right? <laughs> you know, it's like no one, you know, no one gives a shit about him, really. And, and they know, don't even I, understand his disability. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. They don't understand his yeah. disability, and they're treating him like shit, and he's like, like, and part of his, like, it, it is, it could be mood, could be psychological fe- effects of how people treat him, but it does, the seizures literally cause mood mm. problems on the brain. Yeah. So he's fucked. Like, yeah. it's sad. But it's, it's, I didn't even, th- I didn't even think to equate the headaches with like his, you know, his oh, epilepsy, because yeah, I had yeah. thought oh, yeah. it seemed suspicious when they were talking about yeah. whatever that stuff was they gave him, and he not liking the taste of it being bitter in his milk. Well, yeah, he's it, being it, poisoned. I mean, yeah, yeah, it could be the medicine. It could be the medicine, but it's like but, or poison. <laughs> but intractable, intractable migraines go hand in hand hmm. with um epilepsy so yeah and they cause the seizures themselves cause migraines immediately afterwards so yeah, it's just I mean it's, it's not even it's, it's sort of like when we talked about Lysa a couple weeks ago I mean it's like I'm yes her their lives definitely the trauma that they endured definitely played a huge factor but these people are, I mean, there's organic problems that they just cannot solve. Oh, yeah. And can you imagine if she had psychological issues, like, you can get, let's say, like, it's bad enough for the person with it. But if you're constantly worrying about somebody having a seizure, like, you get, um, you make like, almost, PT- yeah, almost PTSD yourself. Because if you hear a bump or if you, so, yeah, it's sad. It's, like, just, Yeah. <sighs> And yet, and I didn't think about that. I have a hard time, like feeling compassion for him as much as I should. Well, because he's such. I mean, well, he's like the ultimate burden, you know. Like, yeah, he literally is. You know, he's literally a burden in their arms, basically, going down the mountain. You have to look at it like I don't. I genuinely think that like a lot of his personality is because of number one, because of Liza, but also because of his medical issues. So I guess the only way to look at him is to take. You know, like you'd look at any other child that had a serious disability. You have to to view it. It's that that's causing the issues. And yeah, <sighs> but to, yeah. you know, it's George Martin, so it's like you tend to, you know, you take Elaine's place where she thinks he's just being a baby and he's a coward. She keeps using the word coward, and I'm like, oh god, it's not even. Well, <laughs> I mean, let's not forget she's been through a lot, and I think yeah. at a certain point it's pretty easy to go, okay, you know what? I you you got troubles. I got troubles too, kid. And I mean, she's a little girl. I mean, she deliberately makes herself. Elaine is, she says, Elaine should be older, yeah, but she's, she's like she's a teen. twelve and a half. So it's the adults that more should be the, like, the adults, you know, Peter or whoever. Oh yeah, they're all like 
they're all relying on her. I think that's what I really like about this chapter too, just to see how kind of like a natural, how natural she is uh, of a leader. There's a, a moment when she starts ordering around all the servants and she, they're all depending oh, on yeah. her to be able to coax him out. Um, so she gets them, the servants to hustle and they prepare <laughs> Robin's bath and clothing. And then Maester Coleman comes along and, um, commends her on the job she does with the boy um Sansa says that he was a <clears throat> she tells him that he doesn't like whatever it is that he's putting in his milk and he kind of there's this like pause where he seems perplexed by what she's saying like it shouldn't be bitter that's how I read it anyway yeah that's like your first hint that something's not quite yeah. right with this milk well, um, yeah so Sansa is worried about the um oh uh she wants him to like drug Robin for the descent down. Uh, I'm sorry, the Maester wants to drug Robin for the descent down, and Sansa's worried about. Sorry, Elaine is worried about the optics of that. <laughs> you know. Yeah, which, yeah. I mean, she's really. You know, we talk about. Oh, you know, yeah. Peter's teaching her all of this, blah, blah blah. I mean, you know, I think he teaches her some things, but I think she's. You know, she's been. You know, she's been at the side of leaders her whole life you know whether it's her father or the lannisters or whoever like she's lady learned, Catelyn, yeah right like she's learned this she you know she kind of gets it intuitively and i think you know we're probably giving peter far too much credit in in her development as um you know as like an intelligent leader yeah well totally i mean that's kind of the thing with her being able to you know get the household in shape and get things moving i mean that's what she's actually been trained to do. And yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, Kat had a big part of that. I mean, you know, Ned, maybe a little bit to an extent. I mean, this is actually her, her vocation in life. Right. Well, oh, and yeah, I mean, yeah. think about, you know, was it Bran that talked about how Ned used to have, you know, a different, um, you know, a different oh, guy yeah. at the head table, you know, they'd have a different man at the head table every night, you know, like those kids were obviously like, they were paying attention. They got it. They got, yeah. you know, what their father was doing and, you know, they all they all have learned from it, really. And she seems mm. really good at bracing herself. Like when everybody's sort of panicking, you know, even before she goes in the room, she, I don't know. Do you know sometimes like you get that feeling like if everybody else is panicking, it kind of helps you to kind of be clear. I don't know if that ever happens. Yeah. You know, and you're like, okay, I need to. Just, <laughs> she's doing that. She's like, I need to calm down and <laughs> take care of it. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. She asks uh, Maester Coleman to give Sweet Robin sweet sleep. And he's objecting to this. He, you know, he, he says it's too soon. Um, I guess it's this like accumulative property where it doesn't leave the body. And she yeah, like there are a lot of drugs like that. Mm. Sorry, <laughs> I was waiting for you to list some. <laughs> well, I don't know any off the top of my head, but um, he's right. I mean, there are like there are pharmaceuticals that would react like that so he's yeah. like i'm presuming there's they sound like almost like a phenobarbital or something yeah and Is like probably that? with opiate type uh, you know so the kid sort of needs it which isn't good and then also it's it those drugs i mean all drugs at least in our world and i mean i have to presume that martin bases some of this stuff off of what you know western medicine but all drugs either like they're either going to hit your kidneys or your liver. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So that's why, like, you shouldn't be chugging, let's say, 
you know, Tylenol all day, you know, because eventually you do start to do damage that you can't undo. And I think that's part of what's happening here. Yeah. In addition to the fact that I'm pretty sure whatever he's being given is not. um, It's not completely on the up and up here. Yeah, no, Uh, I'm pretty sure this is Peter, you know, augmenting whatever Uh. they're giving this kid. Mm hmm. He keeps asking her, too, like, if his nose is bleeding. Have you seen his nose bleeding? Yeah. Is that, like, a almost like a, um, what would it be, like a blood thinner or something? Oh, well, that could be, too. Because he talks about how he can't leech him anymore. Oh. Be, and so, you know. Oh, jeez, yeah. That's not, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Which leeching will do nothing for that, but it's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, she, like. He he gives in and says, "Okay, we'll give him a couple more doses, but after that, no more for a half a year, maybe longer." <laughs> so we learn that um, the winter is closing in on the area, and you know, soon the castle will literally be a prison, and they won't be able to leave. Um, they talk about the servants that are loading up chests and oaken buckets, ready to kind of they kind of like attach the chains on a winch, and they get uh, dropped down. Um, there's a Sir Lorther Brune who is waiting there, and apparently he has the hots for Maya Stone. The buckets, um, uh, Elaine is informed that Miranda Royce and Lord Nestor's daughter, who is Lord Nestor's daughter, has also made the trek with Maya. Um, and Peter had warned her prior to watch out, um, with what she says around her. Uh, <laughs> Sansa makes a last visit to her room. And uh, there's this little note about her aunt's fancy clothing getting left behind. And she thinks, I dared not wear the best clothes even here. You know, I couldn't help but think of this as like a stark contrast to show Sansa's, you know, her shantay down the staircase. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point. They missed that bit. (laughs) She's in full disguise mode. Um, sinewy bastard Maya Stone has made her way up the winch. <laughs> uh, wondering what the holdup is. Um, she tells Elaine that if Robin bathes much longer, they'll be trapped up here with nothing but each other to eat. Robin is nice brought. <laughs> yeah, nice cheerful thought. Robin is brought to them dripping in golden sapphires and white bearskin cloak. I just love this imagery. This poor little sickly kid. Just like oh, all decked out, <laughs> pimped out. <laughs> Gosh. Oh. Maya asks if he'll go down in the bucket with her, and um, Elaine or Sansa thinks that was a little too forward of her, and he gets whiny and says, You know, I only want to go with Elaine. And Robin and Elaine climb into a bucket and begin their descent 600 feet of sky. And then I just <laughs> got a little tiny passage here. <clears throat> the eerie shrank above them. The sky cells on the lower levels made the castle look something like a honeycomb from below. A honeycomb made of ice, Elaine thought. A castle made of snow. She could hear the wind whistling round the bucket. A hundred feet down, a sudden gust caught hold of them. The bucket swayed sideways, spinning in the air. They bumped hard against the rock face behind them. Shards of ice and snow rained down on them, and the oak creaked and strained. Robert gave a gasp and clung to her, burying his face between her breasts. My lord is brave, Elaine said when she felt him shaking. I'm so frightened I can hardly talk, but not you. <laughs> she felt him nod. The winged knight was brave, and so am I, he boasted to her bodice. I'm an Aaron. 
Will my sweet Robin hold me tight? She asked, though he was already holding her so tightly that she could scarcely breathe. I remember, like, when I first read this, like, it was so, um, yeah, it's some imagery just stuck in my head, and it was so chilling and terrifying, and I could just, I don't know, I thought it was really well written. It's kind of like when Kat was coming up the mountain, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've been up and down the mountain a few times now, just in the, in the POVs that we've read. It's, you know, it, it's crazy. Like, it's kind of a <laughs> crazy imagination that he even, you know, that yeah. he came up with the whole the whole system of it and I mean honestly I mean we're just kind of talking about everything that's wrong with Robin like honestly he is kind of bur- like, this is pretty freaking brave yeah. you know because yeah. yeah. it sounds like he hasn't been off out of the Erie for like a couple of years right so really his entire memory is of being at the top of the mountain and yeah, you know and his mom saying you know it's impregnable up there and how safe he is up there so beyond like the tear of you know, how freaking scary this descent sounds. There's also, like, the whole thing about, you know, he is going, he's going kind of to, like, the real world, where he is more, you know, where there are more things that he's vulnerable to. So it sounds like, is there, this is sort of, like, every few years they do, is this just when the snow gets so high, or is this, it sounds like it's, they're, yeah, I think it's done it for before, winter, right? Yeah, I okay, think it's, like, okay. for winter, they well, close up the area. probably not in Robin's lifetime. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, because the season's so the winter. Okay. Okay, yeah. And I think once he and Liza went there after John Aaron died, he just, you know, he hasn't been down, but you know, wow. he was... Yeah, that's scary, though. Yeah, he's yeah. so young, right? Yeah. I like Maya to, does it all the time. <laughs> I left that bit out, too. I liked where they, um, she had thought, poor oxen, because they have this, like, ritual where oh, they, yeah. like, slaughter the oxen before they head down for the winter. And then when they come up, if the meat hasn't spoiled, that's their spring feast, you know? <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, like, seems... like, how could you get them down? Like, how do you get them up, though? Like, what are they doing? They oxen up again. They're little baby <laughs> oxen so when you bring questions. them up. <laughs> oh, yeah, how do they get them up? Like, how, so is, what is the other way up? If there's and nothing to bring them up. Winter yeah. lasts for years. So, really? <laughs> well, if it's frozen in know. the ground, I mean, it could <laughs> last for years, couldn't it? I, I don't think so. I, I don't mean, know. A couple. Well, not all winters last for years, is the thing. It's just a like a March, year. So I almost feel like it's worth it. Like I'm really scared of heights, but I might think it's worth it with the the description. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean I it'd just, be worth it? Like just to like, do like this for the views, for the views. Uh, like it just sounds so gorgeous, and I love mountains. So that just to imagine living on a mountain top. I just I thought like, you were really so Jonesin for ox and me. I was no, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. I mean, oh, ox is amazing. I think that. <laughs> I love the bit where Luther Bruin is talking about, you know, how, you know, Maya will, you know, Maya's not going to wait for him because she would never put her meals at risk. And he's kind of smiling about it. And, you know, that's how Sansa realizes that he likes her. And I mean, Luther's already, you know, kind of proven to be one of the good guys by intervening with between like Sansa and Marillion and stuff. So it's like, oh, he's given us, George has given us this little, you know, this little sidebar couple to kind of root for. Yeah. Well, see, there's still some decent people in this story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, which at this point, you know, when we think this is her, you know, we're almost to the end of Feast. We are kind of, <laughs> there's like the end of Feast is sort of like shitty things happen to people. And then, you know, <laughs> like 
good things happen to some to like one person basically. <laughs> <laughs> like so oh, we summer. need this. <laughs> so let's see. Uh Lady Miranda Royce greets Elaine and uh she's no small talker, she just gets right to it. She asks Elaine her. her age and if she's a virgin <laughs> right off the hop. <laughs> and we I see mean, what? There's some conversation there that, you know, normally I you know, I'm just not going to answer those questions if I don't know you. And she's just like all out. I love her. So this is so fire. relatable, though, because you meet people like that. You know, it's like <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, ask a sex question right away. Like, I've <laughs> <laughs> uh, she also is. She uh, definitely handles Robin too. We see it. She's. Um, I don't know. She's good at handling him, which was in yeah. uh, contrast to Maya. Let's see, the party make their way down the mountain and their respective mules, with their respective mules, uh, Robin gets squirmy and whiny and uh, Miranda rides up beside Elaine and then we get some more gossip. We learn that Lady Mm. Anya Wainwood has turned up for the wedding feast. Uh, The war news, uh, River Run has yielded Dragonstone and Storm's End, hold out for Stannis. And apparently the Night's Watch has a new uh, boy commander, some bastard son of Eddard Stark, and then right away Sansa blurts out, Jon Snow? <laughs> it's like, ooh, misstep. <laughs> and Miranda doesn't, so well. and Miranda doesn't really have any reaction to it at mm-hmm. all, which is interesting So there's absolutely no reason that she would have any, you know, like, how, who the hell would know who that is, you know? Like, there's no reason anyone would know mm-hmm. who Jon Snow is unless they, you know, were specifically tied to the Starks. Like, that's the only way. So, I mean, she's kind of revealed herself, but Miranda doesn't really, you know, give way. Or do you think she's really good at just... Oh, oh she no. picked it up and she hit it really well. Oh, I think she picked it up and she hit it. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I do, that's too. Yeah. So, what do you guys, like, I, you know, I was trying to figure out, like, what, you know, why is Miranda so... Because it's obviously she was really eager to meet Elaine. Like, she was down to meet, you know, she really wanted to meet Elaine. And, you know, is it she's, like, kind of sizing up the competition? Yes. Or is, but then, the way that she's talking about Peter, I was like, is she, yes. like, kind of angling for Peter? Yeah, yeah, she's going Maybe. for Peter. I mean, I he be, on paper, he's a great match. I mean, it's, it's only Well, I mean, one. Harry is a pretty, you know, it's like, Harry is kind of the match, too. Like, it's like. But she was already turned down for Harry, right? Yeah, she was kind of mad she? at him. She yeah, was, she was turned down yeah. for Harry. Like her. She's, okay. she's not happy about it either. Yeah. Okay. I'm sitting here trying to remember shit. what's from that released um, Sansa chapter in Wins, what I know from that, and what I know from this. So I like, know. Oh, I, I was anything. thinking of that, too. I can't. I want to go back and read that now after this chapter. <clears throat> well, anyway. I mean, it sounds like, yeah, because she shares all the information about the the how her which oh my god to lose your husband that way yeah <laughs> <laughs> she seems to be taking it fairly well I mean, yeah. she's Asking pretty about Peter like sanguine yeah, about course, it but still so. it's like ew I mean, she shrugged it off pretty quick <laughs> that's what I'm saying she's like oh yeah you know these things happen it wasn't pleasant but you know just to catch everyone else up who's listening she her her, her first and only husband died on top of her, top of her. <laughs> Uh, and then she also kind of spreads that like you know if we remember when Kat was going <clears throat> up the mountain we heard about you know Maya and I think it was Michael Redfort was that oh, his yeah. name that was her yeah. beau and you know oh you know they slept together and then you know he his yeah. family made him marry some you know someone else and 
Yeah. You know how she's pissy about that. Also of note, she's her. had some action with that singer Marillion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Miranda. She I love how she puts it like, you know, had, she doesn't normally sleep with monsters. Oh, I thought you were going to say he had wonderful fingers. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. She, she did comment on that, too, which, like, I don't know that I needed to know that. But, you know. Let's assume. Do you think maybe, too, she's trying to suss out Sansa's character? Um, do you think she has suspicions of who Sansa really is? She's trying to see, like, how, how innocent is this girl? With this yeah, talk. I mean, that could be why she rode all the way up there, so she'd have time to talk to her. Otherwise, yeah, who would I do mean, that? I think she's just, I mean, I think, like, her nature is kind of, like, gossipy and blousy, and, yeah. you know, that's kind of who she is. But then also, you know, a ton of, um, you know, ulterior motives as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, so Sansa is enjoying having someone to gossip with and um, Miranda asks her about Littlefinger and if he plans to marry again and I agree with you Guile there's something going on I think her wheels are turning I'm thinking a Littlefinger as uh, long as the finger is too little I think <laughs> yeah right. she asked uh-huh. about that <laughs> yuck yuck uh, they get to an icy skinny pass and Elaine thinks no no not here when she sees that Robin's hand start shaking. She holds on, on to him and then calls him brave and then they make it through the, the treacherous pass and then they take a break and have a snack and um, Miranda calls Sansa beautiful and brave. Maya recounts of a man who used to throw her in the air until she pissed herself laughing but like mm-hmm. all men, he disappeared. Mules are forever. <laughs> that that bit from Maya, like that was that really affected me. Like it was really, you know, it's like oh Robert, <laughs> just you know, yeah, it's he's just maddening because he could have had a much, you know, he could have had a much happier, better life if he wasn't such a doofus. Yeah. Dick? He's a dick. He's a giant dick. The most annoying <laughs> thing about it is that, like, isn't it Ned that talks about how he remembers how much, you know, Robert had loved Maya? Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. he just, like, walked away and never saw her again, the bastard. Well, I mean, there was the whole part where Cersei basically said she was she'd kill her if he brought her to King's Landing. That doesn't mean but, he could never see he her could again. Have, right, exactly. And he could have acknowledged her. He could have, Didn't you know, do he could have made her life... You know, he could have made her life a lot better. And, I mean, that's, that's kind of, like, one of the many tragedies of Robert is, you know, he has these bastards of, you know, like, Maya. If you had to, you know, Maya, if you had to, like, design a girl from scratch who, you know, Robert would have been absolutely thrilled to have as a daughter. I mean, it's Maya. Okay. If you had to, like, yeah. think about what kind of a son would Robert have been thrilled to have, it's Gendry. You know, oh, like, yeah. he has these bastards yeah, that but, are, I like... Yeah, I mean, he's, he's the guy that, you know, is shows up when he it's convenient or circum you know and he's got presents right. for the kid but you no, know I mean, he can't pay not, child support right. you know and the lottery ticket yeah. yeah he's not someone you can count on and it's just yeah. you know again he could have he could have had a, a much better life if he would have tried it all maybe you know maybe yeah. that's the way to put it yeah and it's just you know it's kind of sad when you see it. i mean for maya it you know this all. I mean, if she was if she was Robert's like acknowledged bastard, you know, with the protection of the veil behind her at this point, you know, she would have been able to. You know, she would have been able to marry this boy that she loved. You know, yeah, like that probably, probably would have happened. You know, that would have happened for her. You know, there'd be some dangers 
associated with it now, I think. But, you know, again, she's in the veil. She would have been, you know, she'd be safe probably. So, I mean, it really, you know, he really kind of fucked her over by at least not even, you know, by not even acknowledging her. Yeah. And it affects her, right? I mean, we learn things yeah. about her. like I mean, that. emotionally and, you know, yeah, obviously it does. Like, you know, she's. Yeah, poor she, thing. Like there was another guy, right? Like it's within this chapter, and I can't even freaking remember who it was. Who she had? Um, yeah, that she slept with, yeah, according to Miranda. Who? Yeah, like Kyle said. Yeah, who feel you know but Miranda? The, it seems like we're just one hundred percent buying whatever Miranda's selling. Basically, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like we're all fine with that. Like, yep, okay. She's playing us like pawns, could easily. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and you know that's why again, like you know, if this Luther Bruin. Um, Maya Stone thing works out like that'd be great since it seems you know she you know he seems like a real stand-up guy and you know that certainly seems like she could use a stand-up guy so let's see Miranda kind of not Miranda sorry Maya kind of encourages them to press on they're getting very tired as they're heading down the mountain and um, Miranda mentions that she has a, you know a bed and that all four of them can share it and Sans is just dreaming of a big feather bed at the bottom mm-hmm. of this journey and they do finally eventually make it to the castle Littlefinger is there waiting for her and um, with him he has three men Sir Byron Sir Morgorth and Sir Shadrick all hedge knights so these are all hedge knights that he's apparently hired Uh, once alone Littlefinger lays a giant nauseating kiss on her And tells her now that's how you welcome your father back. Like, I don't think mm. it 13 is. year old girl, lady and gentlemen. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. They're so gentlemen. No occasional gentlemen today. <laughs> well, people listening. I mean, it just grosses me out. Such a sound bucket. <laughs> he says, like, see that you do better next time. Blech. And then she says, yes, oh. father. Double blah. <laughs> Okay, and I got a little passage here. Oh, God, it's more kissing. He did not hold her kiss against her. You would not believe half of what is happening in King's Landing, sweetling. Cersei stumbles from one idiocy to the next, helped along with her counsel of the deaf and the dim and the blind. I always anticipated (laughs) that she would beggar the realm and destroy it, but I never expected she would do it quite so fast. It is quite vexing. (laughs) I had hoped to have four or five quiet years to plant some seeds and allow some fruits to ripen, but now it is a good thing that I thrive on chaos. What little okay, piece George. of order the five kings left us will not long survive the three queens, I fear. Three queens, she did not understand. Nor did Peter choose to explain. Instead, he smiled and said, I have brought my sweet girl back a gift. So who are the three queens? I mean, yeah. Marge, Cersei, is he talking about Danny or yeah. Arianne or Celise? I, I mean, there's, there's a lot, a lot of, of debate. Jane, you know? Yeah. I always assumed Cersei. I assume Cersei and Marge are two of the three, but yeah, I don't know who this third is. You don't think it'd be Danny? Like that's too much of a distant threat for him. Hmm. Well, I mean, he does. It's he doesn't really ever talk. You know, there's nothing he never talks about Danny, or he never even like Mm -hmm. goes there. But I mean, I don't. You know, it's like would he really consider Celise? You know, would he count Celise? I think he 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 surely means either like Marcella or Asha or someone closer Uh, to home. People sometimes like theorize that he means Danny, and I'm always like, I don't think so either. It's too Hmm. far away. Yeah. Hmm. 
<clears throat> so um, anyway, the gift that he has announced is a marriage betrothal to Lady Wayne Woods Ward, and um, she tries to puzzle out like how this Harry the heir is an heir, and we get this like litany of passages of the history of the Wayne Woods. It was like like those books in the Bible where it's just like a list of you know <laughs> Jebediah so, begat genealogy, <laughs> and I was like. Man, I I have to like draw a freaking chart here. <laughs> I could not. And finally, I just gave it up and went to the goddamn wiki because I, I was just like, so I don't know what's going on. So it's John Aaron's little sister married someone, <laughs> and <laughs> one of their one of her granddaughters Ugh. is one of her granddaughters married into the Hardyings, and that's Harry, and, like, Harry's their kid, God, right? I feel like I'm at my grandparents' kitchen table right now. Yeah, okay. and I they're, mean, like, like, talking about who has cancer and who died, and, you know, yeah. Oh, you remember? No, no, yeah. she was married, too. You're thinking of her younger brother. <laughs> anyway. Oh God, but we we shouldn't exactly. have been surprised that he was gonna, like, pump out 250,000 words of fake Westeros history after, like, passages <laughs> like this. <laughs> Should have seen it coming. Yeah, we really it was really it was right there in front of us. <laughs> anyway, Sans is able to puzzle all of that out, and then she realizes that it's uh, not uh, that little. Uh, sorry, little Robert Aaron is. Um, wait, no, she real. I see. I can't even do this. My brain hurts. <laughs> she realizes that it's not that Lady Waynewood's heir. It's little Robert Aaron, and then if he dies. That's how he's the then heir. Then he dies, you know, I think, yeah. Yes. Dun-dun-dun! Okay, and just to end us off, Peter arched an eyebrow. When Robert dies, our poor, brave, sweet Robin is such a sickly boy. It is only a matter of time when Robert dies. Harry the heir becomes Lord Harold, Defender of the Vale, and Lord of the Eyrie. John Aaron's bannerman will never love me, nor our silly, shaking... Robert, but they will love their young falcon, and when they come together for his wedding, and you come out with your long auburn hair clad in maiden's cloak of white and grey with a direwolf emblazoned on the back, why every knight in the vale will pledge his sword to win your back your birthright. So there you are, your gifts from me, my sweet Sansa, Harry, the Eerie, and Winterfell. That's worth another kiss now, don't you think? Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it is quite a gift. <laughs> what? I mean, what's the cost? Oh. I mean, this is sort of, you know, I know we get into this. We actually never get complaints about this, so I feel like I can still talk about it. This is like that, you know, you know, in our current affairs, like, Apparently, you can have $130,000 if you just say you slept with Donald Trump, <laughs> but oh you still God. wouldn't do it, you know, and like, Ew. you know, yeah, Sansa might be able to have, you know, the veil and an army and stuff, but is it really worth it <laughs> if she's got to, like, you know, put up with do that. whatever with Littlefinger? Like, so, ugh. Wait, stop? Like, do you think he did all stop this crap, or he's going to keep molesting her even if she did marry this dude? Like, I, I can oh, kind of totally see it. I imagine he would keep out her... Uh, you know, I he wouldn't actually take her virginity, but there's plenty of ways, you know, well, I, and I argue he's probably doing some of that, which just makes me want to vomit more. Ugh. So gross. He is. He's just a disgusting. He's the worst. 
Hmm. And it's all because, you know, he's stuck in time. Yeah. Yeah. But it's too bad, you know, like, I wish, you know, this is quite a reveal. Like, imagine being at that wedding and having no fucking clue what's happening. And then all of a sudden, like, the long lost Sansa Stark comes out. Whoa, (laughs) what? It'd be like if, like, Meghan Markle, like, revealed herself as, you know, I'm also the heiress to Denmark, and we're taking it over, you know, like. So yeah, it's like Donald Trump's daughter you know. or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, at least we get to read again here how, like, George is not sidestepping the fact that Sansa is already married. Like, yeah. Yeah. Peter's like, well, we're going to have to make sure Tyrion's dead first. Like, you know, none of this fake you know i got an annulment bullshit and he doesn't you know he seems to think cersei will just take care of it like he has no idea that you know he's never picked up on any relationship between Varys and Tyrion at all and i mean he you know you don't get a sense of him and i mean i think it goes back to like assuming that he's not talking about danny as one of those queens like you really don't get like as much as he's thinks he's so smart it's like he knows Varys is playing a game the same game but he doesn't think that that he he thinks like his pieces are the only pieces in play well I think that Varys might be doing something isn't there something that kind of gives an inkling that Peter might know that that Varys has an Aegon type figure you know that he, he you know the young Griff thing I think there's what is it there's something that's kind of a hint that Peter might be aware of that okay but it's like Danny is like such a you know Danny's like a wild card for both of them yeah yeah I mean it's not like he's not aware of her of course he's aware of her existence but it's like to consider her a real threat I think is a, a whole other kettle of fish yeah I mean it's interesting that for as traveled and worldly as he kind of appears to be like he has, you know, he has no idea about the two largest threats to everything. You know, he has no idea about Danny and he doesn't seem to have any, you know, idea or inkling of anything happening North of the wall. He's like, so completely like, he's so of this book and you think of like, you know, dance of dragons, like he doesn't even belong in that world. Like that's just not, he, he doesn't exist there. Which is why I think he has to be the first to go. I think he's got to go before Varys. I mean, I just don't see how how Baelish is in the real end game. I guess I know people think he's super smooth for the way that he got things going, but I don't. I don't. Either. I think yeah, he's he, he's out of his depth. He's tunnel visioned, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except well, and it's is. like I always say, it's one thing to to tear things apart. It's another, it's another thing, thing. Yeah. to build them. That's, that's a good point. Truth. I think that's a good good end note to this. Do we have mail? Yes, we do. Yay. We have mail. Our first is a Gmail from Terrible Existence. They say, hey, peeps, your coverage of the Tyrion chapters was incredible. But there was one scene that made an impact on me that I thought was a tiny bit glossed over, and that's the dream scene in Tyrion's final class chapter. I'm generally not a fan of dream scenes, as they seem more like forced breaks in the narrative to fast-track development slash turmoil slash info drop rather than natural developments. Even in the famous JB dream, personally, though, I love... Okay, so even in the famous Jamie Brand dream, personally, though, I love how it played out. 
Um, one of the only exceptions to this for me was the Tower of Joy, but this Tyrion dream sequence has struck a chord on reread. Tyrion's clearly the star of the book, and through it we see him at the height of his arrogance slash delusion, at his most caring and compassionate, and simultaneously at his most brutal slash heroic on the Blackwater. After this book, Tyrion's chapters take a noticeable, more bitter, mean tone on a fast track towards strangulation. So this chapter <laughs> serves as probably the last sobering reflection on his part, on the character and on the conflict in the book up through this point, um, and his position of power in the power the lords in Westeros hold. A stark contrast to when he was deflecting blame for the wildfire in his third to last chapter. People say GRRM has poor prose, but through uh, grays, whites, and blacks, GRRM and half-lucid Tyrion, the way George showed the passage of time slash location of Tyrion's body and the cutting of bandages, his vulnerability, and loss of physicality was incredibly sequenced and written and at no point felt forced or unnatural. Lastly, the scene with Taisha before he's drawn out of his stupor. Jerem obviously has an issue with most sex scenes, but that might be his best display of intimacy on page and felt like a ray of sunlight, an idealized frozen moment in time, youthful and beautiful as it was for Tyrion in the cottage by the sea. And it informs so much about where he was and will be and the true damage his scar has on his person and it says incredible arc caper i would say more sorry capper <laughs> i would say more but i'm trying to self-edit better than on my last question probably not enough even now though so feel free to cut have a great day <laughs> um and i didn't cut i read it all <laughs> yeah I, that's that is an interesting thought about that dream i wasn't on that state one. of mind I wasn't on that. Me neither. Chapter. I can't remember. I was on that, but I yeah, I guess I kind of. I was just so. I think I was just so like broke, glad broke, to be I, done. I, yeah, <laughs> out by I like objectively. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's like we're so. I mean, yeah. I think there's a point where there's like fi- like 15 chapters of Tyrion and Clash, and I think we are so just done with him that. <laughs> we kind of maybe couldn't appreciate we we weren't and we weren't in a state of mind to appreciate any happiness Tyrion would have as being something that we could be happy for him about yeah. honestly like yeah i mean or, i think you know, i could you know. see from this person's point of view i could say oh yeah that, you know i guess i could see that like if you take it from another perspective but yeah we were in a different place yeah <laughs> clearly <laughs> um and we have anonymous tumblr message Hello, everyone. I love your podcast, and I just wanted to ask is, if any of you have any other fandoms that you're as passionate about as A Song of Ice and Fire and Game of Thrones. Mm. Not yeah. anymore. Not right yeah. now. No. I know. I'm, I'm, really between, I'm between fandoms right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, are we even as passionate about this no. as we once were? I don't even know. What was it? There was a good thing on Twitter about, you know, George finally succeeded in killing his own creation completely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have I have had other fandoms. I mean, this is not my first rodeo. Um, Actually, this is mine. <laughs> is, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Is it really? Uh-huh. I mean, One and going only. back, I mean, originally for me, it was like like Doctor Who way, way back in the day. And then... Um, it was Dark Shadows for a while. I mean, those things are... I don't do those fandoms anymore, but 
they were once things I cared about. I mean, I was into X-Men a lot, but I didn't, I wasn't like in a fandom. I was just alone in my room with my comics. Because <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think this is only the second time where I actually like got to be friends or in contact with people who were in like, the only other time I did that was when I was, was I 19 or 20? And I made friends with people on AOL. And we all went to go see U2 concerts in Ireland and England together. So that's like, the only that's hella ago. cool. cool. Yeah, damn. You know, I actually know someone else who is, like, still to this day, like, very much in the U2 fandom. And it's funny. It's intense. I was just talking. Well, and I was talking to her, and she was talking to her, actually, last week. And she was telling me about how, um, you know, because they're doing, you know, they're starting another tour. And, you know, like, these big, like, the big-name fans in the U2 fandom, they're all in their 50s. Because, you know, they're just slightly younger than the band. And how they're like, well, you know, I don't know, you know, like, it'll be like the biggest person in the fandom. And, this, and they're kind of like, well, you know, I don't really know if I'm going to be able to afford to go to like this opening show. You know, I've got, you know, kids in college and blah, blah, blah. And it's just really interesting. It's like, wow, you know, that that is kind of, you know, it feels like quite unique in, in a fandom. You know, usually it's much, much younger. But just because that band has stayed yeah. together for so long, like their fandom is aged with the band. So. It's so funny. Like, I should look up who the big name. It would be funny if any of the people or we just all burn out. Like, because we all kind of like. You could dig up your old AOL account. Yeah, none of us are. <laughs> well, I've been like, I guess I've always had something. It's just like the things have changed. I like, I. Right now, my big thing is Sims, actually, because, I don't know, I needed to get the hell away from um, Song of Ice and Fire. And I know that's not, you know, anything particularly, like, a fandom, but it's, like, a thing I do, and I know people who do it, and it's it's sort of like they have channels and stuff, and I watch all this shit, and I don't know. I mean... That's cool. I've always known, but I mean, like, I've always had something like that it's it's never really yeah no i'm the same calm i've always been i've always had a toe in some sort of fandom all the time i've only done a deep dive like like what's going on with me with song of ice and fire once before but what was it yeah yeah. oh i'm never telling but i I, I you're smart you're keeping it secret are you a brony (laughs) oh my god i'm not a fucking brony hey rumors get started no i'm just a groupie like cloth that was don't worry about it see i could be like in a cat fandom because there's a lot of cats famous cats now so i think i could be a, a well you that's know, totally a... true <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like follow them on facebook but on instagram <laughs> you know uh, i remember when was it Chairman Meow wasn't doing it's too well, and she was really concerned. I it was, was so sad when Chairman Meow died. Oh my god, that was so sad when he died. Oh. Little cat it was so cute. And oh, do you know the Oscar the blind cat died too? That was very really. Sad. Yes, he's in Seattle or was in Seattle. Aww. I have no idea was, what you're talking about right now. Celebrity <laughs> cats. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think like we've officially literal, gone off the rails. Literal cat. So basically, <laughs> yeah, I feel like what we're saying is like, those questions. like this is this is our fandom, but you know, yeah, it's the main one. <laughs> no one's out there like a huge being a huge fan of you know. We're not other pop. Not like writing fan but. fiction or drawing pictures of you know. Well, actually, no, I do that. Not at the moments, but <laughs> yeah, I barely have time for this one. <laughs> 
I'll look up fan fiction for some other fandoms, but mostly it's like, okay, I just want to verify that every like slash pairing that I could think of does actually exist in fan fiction, just because I think it's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yep, like yep, there's I've, fiction for that. Haha. <laughs> we found like real person political fic, and it was like. Oh, that's right. We looked that up, right? And it totally reaffirmed my faith in the universe because I'm like, oh my god, this is this is great. Because there was like a lot of Emmanuel Macron, Justin Trudeau, right? Oh god, you know it's gotta be Macron. Political argument. This is just so cringy. Okay, I'm wrapping this up. Is that it for the mail? (laughs) Oh, okay. We got one last. We got a Twitter um, question. What is the impact that seeing the Mormont women would? Okay. Uh, would have had on Brienne. What do we think? I think and she from that. Sorry, I, the, that that's the name. That. I think she would have dug him. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. think she would. I think she would have dug him, but I I think like, you know, it's not. I think there's something more elemental about you know Brienne is sort of shaped by being an ugly woman too, and the Mormonts aren't. Yeah, and that's a divide. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit of a divide. It's hard to. Yeah, and I think like they're forgiven you know they're basically forgiven by society for being you know like yeah their culture on um bear island is a little bit more friendly for the warrior woman but also like they're attractive and i think that means they get away with a bunch of stuff that brianne never would because she's not like so you think she could be a little jealous would brianne be jealous of someone yeah i think she probably yeah. would be if you know, it's so hard to think of Brienne being jealous. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wrap my head around her being jealous, but maybe a feeling a yeah, little left out, or I can't articulate what the emotion is. Well, yeah, I, just, I think we always forget that you know there there is a history of warrior women in Westeros. This is not a completely unheard of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, obviously some people are more okay with it than others, but they do exist. Women like this. I think as long as they were. Um, pretty decent people. That's all that would really matter to Brienne at the end of the day, anyway. Yeah, you know, I mean, they could be like warrior a- women, but if they're assholes, I don't think she's gonna be too thrilled with them. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. I think yeah. I think she would like them, but I think she wouldn't necessarily like. I don't think that they would inspire her. I guess because I, I still think that there's that divide between them. I think she'd want to spar. <laughs> For well, sure. That'd be fun that's to watch. <laughs> All right. That's it, right? Yep, that's All it. All right. Thank it's you, bad. guys, for sending mm-hmm. those messages, and we love them. You can send us some more mail at close the door and come here. Dot, no, wait. Close the door and at gmail.com or close the door and You can follow us on Twitter at Door Podcast. Please consider liking, subscribing, reviewing on all the places that you listen. And please support us on Patreon. And I think that's going to bring an end to this one. Um, Closing the door, get out.